Welcome to the first episode of The Fittest Guy in the Office. My name is Adam, and this is my podcast. I wanted to create this podcast because I have a lot of clients that are busy CEOs, executives, guys in the corporate world who don't have a lot of time, and they struggle with a lot of the same problems and a lot of the same issues come up, and they come to me with uh, things like time or they, they don't know how to exercise after work because they're exhausted. They don't have access to a gym or they don't have enough time to, to get there or um, they don't know what to eat. They don't know what to, you know, like it, all of these things kind of pile up. And for someone who's a high performer and who constantly is trying to progress and work his way up in the, in the corporate world, these are not really things that you have time to research or even know where to start. So I wanted to create this podcast because it's something that is easy to me and I don't think about it because I work in the fitness industry. So um, I'll be going over things like meal prep or not or eating, eating out, where to find good food, um, how to get a workout in quickly. So just things that you that your average uh, executive would would want to know. I, I primarily work with busy people. And I really like to work with guys who don't know where to start or who um, don't have a lot of time, but they know they know themselves. So they know that they're going to be able to accomplish it somehow. They don't see they don't see how, but <laughs> they know that they're going to be able to do it. Um, in this podcast, my goal is for you to always take away something that is valuable and to always have some actionable steps at the end. So I'll always give you something that you can help, that can help uh, with your daily life. And I promise it's never going to be over 30 minutes. I, I don't like to listen to really long episodes because, quite frankly, none of us have time for that, right? So they're going to be quick episodes, quick and valuable. That's how I do it. So a little bit about me. I was an overweight kid for a long time, um, and I would eat like burgers, I would eat uh, fast food just all the time, and I would be on the couch doing nothing. My mom worked a lot, so she wasn't able to take me to like organized sports, so I wasn't able to play sports as a kid with, with the other kids. I didn't play on the playground with everyone else. I was kind of the, the weird kid that was reading in the corner. <laughs> I didn't really get a lot of exercise, and for that reason, I, I just turned into a, an overweight kid. So, um, of course, I got bullied and picked on for my weight, and I had trouble finding clothes because up until I was about 12 or 13, I, I was probably about 30 pounds overweight, 20 or 30 pounds overweight. When I say I was a big kid, I wasn't obese, but I was just enough to, to be uncomfortable, to not have confidence in myself, and to my social life suffered for that. I, I know that a lot of kids my age, they were having sleepovers and they were um, playing sports together and they were making friends and I was kind of just alone because I didn't feel like I was part of the group. Um, and so when I was about 12, I I got, uh, it's funny because I got the very first introduction that I had to fitness was Taibo. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, it's it's like a kickboxing um, like group exercise video. And I think, I, I don't even think I had the DVD. I think at that time I had the VHS and I would rewind it every single time, uh, and, and I would get to work. I would just, um, I would make sure to hydrate. 
I didn't really know much else. So I would hydrate before and I don't think I was eating and I was, or I would eat like cereal, some basic cereal, like, like special K or something with no sugar. And I would do this for like an hour or however long the video was. I don't know if, I don't know if it was like 30 minutes or an hour, but I would just go to work. I would be sweating and I would be exhausted and I don't even think I would eat afterwards. So obviously my introduction to fitness was not a healthy one and I would not suggest it to anyone who wants to lose weight. Um, I was doing purely cardio. So of course it worked because I wasn't taking in any calories. Um, but I've was exhausted and the thing that, that people don't understand about cardio is that, yes, it's healthy with, for your heart, but it's not something that you should just be doing on its own to lose weight. You'll lose the weight, but then when you start to eat again or when you start to uh, get tired of doing of running or whatever you're, you're doing, you're just going to gain it all back. So the, the best thing to do is to find a, a sustainable, something sustainable that you like doing that you're going to be able to add into your lifestyle and enjoy um, so for me, that wasn't it. I hate running. I hate sweating. I hate, I hate doing all this. I, I'm, I like being active, but I don't like being forced to. So, uh, a home program, a home video was not for me. And I quickly got tired of that. So, um, people started to notice at school, I lost weight. I was able to fit into clothes. So I was able to get cool clothes, <laughs> quote unquote, cool clothes. Um, looking back on it, on, on the photos, I'm sure that they weren't cool at all. Um, but I felt cool, so I felt a lot better. My confidence went up. Uh, I probably lost a good 20 pounds. Um, I still wasn't one of the cool kids, though, because, you know, kids are, kids are mean. So I still wasn't playing sports, and I, was, I didn't really fit in with the rest of the guys. So I was um, – I just went through, like, a really awkward stage. So I lost all the weight, but then I was kind of skinny fat because I didn't have any muscle underneath. And that's another thing that people don't understand about cardio is that it's not a, it's not a quick fix. It's a, once you lose the fat, you have nothing to show for it underneath. So what you should do is build the muscle while you still have fat to lose. And, you know, you're kind of just recomp, uh, you're just going to do a body recomp, um, as we call it. It's, it's just, building muscle while you either maintain the amount of fat that you have or you slowly lose it. Ideally, you'd like to do both at the same time um, over a long period of time. So it's not a quick fix. It's a it's a marathon. So um, that's what I started to do. When I started to get into high school, I was, I was a freshman, so I was um, just getting into weightlifting. I got a membership at the local gym, and I was doing just what I, what everyone else was doing. I was looking around and I was like, okay, well that guy has big biceps. I'm going to do that every day. Or, you know, like this guy showed me how to do this. I guess that's how you do it. And so I was just making my own workouts. Um, obviously I got newbie gains and I was thinking that it was working. I was slamming muscle milk and, um, only eating vegetables and chicken and avoiding oils, even olive oil. Like I, I wasn't, <laughs> I was just reading, forums and blogs and stuff. And I thought that was the way that you did it. But, um, as we all know, uh, the internet is not real life. So, um, like bodybuilding.com, I was big on bodybuilding.com and I would get, uh, like Steve Cook that my earliest programs were from Steve Cook and, uh, Chris Gethin and it's two bodybuilders. So it wasn't, 
it wasn't ideal for a 14-year-old. And the things that they said were really cut, cookie cutter, and they were they were just things that I I wasn't really able to sustain. And I I didn't have like a budget or anything. I I was maybe I was I was working at the time, but you know it's it's one thing to say like eat healthy, but it's quite another to to recommend all these supplements. And of course, it's like from their line also. So bodybuilding.com is another trap. Um, I would say getting a coach not and I'm not just saying this because I am a coach by the way I'm a, I'm an online fitness coach and I help uh top perform uh, high performing exec- executives and CEOs entrepreneurs uh just busy guys who who want to get who want to make a change that's who I work with and I do everything completely online um but yeah I'm not saying that just cuz I am an online coach but because you really need to outsource. You need an objective opinion. Uh, when you're in your own head or you have a subjective, um, you know, like someone who sees you every day and they're they're saying, like, everything's fine, um, you need someone to come in with an objective opinion and tell you, no, stop what you're doing. This is the right way of doing it. You do it in a few months and you're, you, you kind of get to, you kind of get, get to know how, how to do things and be self-sufficient. Um, we see this in business all the time. You you outsource for things that you're not good at or that you don't know about. So why not treat your fitness the same? Um, I didn't get my, I say this, but I didn't get my first coach until I was about, I think, 22. I'm 28 right now. So my first coach I got when I was 22. Um, but before that, I I didn't know anything and I was just relying on the internet. Um, but yeah, so I started to gain a little muscle. I was at this point, not skinny anymore. I was never really skinny. Like I, I was what I would call fat. Then I was skinny fat. And then I, I didn't have any muscle. So I was just kind of like, I just had a, I had a really awkward stage. And then I started to gain muscle, but I was also gaining fat. So I was just kind of big and, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't, I've never been throughout my younger years, I'm still young, but when I was a kid, uh, up until high school, I didn't, I was, I had never been comfortable with any of those stages of my body. Um, and in high school I started playing soccer and running track, but I say that very loosely. I was not an athlete. I was a terrible athlete because <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, I had never done any organized sports before. So I just jumped into, into it my junior year of high school. I just decided to try out for the soccer team. Uh, and I got, uh, JV, which at the time I thought was really cool, but <laughs> nobody really had to try out. Like they, they held the tryouts, but everybody got something. Um, so I did try, I did soccer. And then once track season came, I, I ran track, but I was, I knew that I didn't like cardio and I don't know why. I think it was just a social aspect. I, I finally had some friends who were running track and it was the cool thing to do. So I really don't even think that I had the fitness in mind. I, it was more like just to hang out with my friends um, and to say that I was an athlete, like a fake athlete. Um, but I, once I started doing that, I was introduced again to the weight room. I like an actual, someone who actually knew what they were doing. Um, so my soccer coach would take us in there once a week and we would, we would lift weights um, like, and do things that I wasn't doing myself in the gym. Um, so yeah, I started to get a little better. And even when I got into college, I would say I didn't know, I didn't really know what I was doing because I decided to, to study 
exercise science and nutrition at the same time. Um, and I started to get to know my body better and, and what was working and how I was building muscle. So I was able to make better food choices and be more consistent in the gym because, again, I was, I was a student, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, and I was able to figure that all out on my own. And, of course, I was in, in school so for, for exercise science, so I was able to get the current research and, and you know, like some, some better knowledge on the body. Um, and I started getting some good results. I, had, I still wasn't happy, though, because I wasn't, um, I think I was still trying different diets, and I was, I was still um, a little confused as to what was best for me because I was reading conflicting things and I was listening to people in the gym, um, which is what you sh- the opposite of what you should do. If anyone has anything to tell you in the gym, they're probably just b- basing it off of anecdotal, don't, uh, anecdotal uh, evidence, and it's really not, it's not evidence. It's an experience, e- anecdotal experience. So, yeah, don't listen to people in the gym. But that's what I did. I struggled for a few more years um, trying different diets. I did keto. I did... Uh, intermittent fasting. I did all kinds of things, but what I found to work the best for me was a flexible approach. I really like um, cookies. <laughs> cookies are my my thing. It's not the hard cookies. Crunchy cookies are so stupid. I don't know anybody who likes those. I my my thing is a soft chocolate chip cookie. So um, yeah, I have problems with chocolate chip cookies. That's that's my my biggest. Um, not my downfall. That's just that's just what I like. So I like to have cookies in my day. Not every day, of course, but I don't like to restrict anything. And I think that anything that's restrictive is a bad sign, and it's a red flag. And you should you should think about it before you start. Um, but yeah, so a flexible approach, meaning I will have one or two cookies, and then the rest of the day I'll have my protein, vegetables. Um, make sure to get my carbs in because. Carbs are not evil, contrary to popular belief. Uh, you need your carbs, fat, and protein, and you need to figure out your macros. You need to figure out, um, and macros are, that's what macros are, is, is protein, carbs, and fat. Um, you need to figure out your calorie allowance for the day because everyone is different. So like like the bodybuilding.com forums and influencers who, who tell you, like, you should be between this range and this range. You you don't know anything because it's all of, it's all a science experiment. So figure out, calculate a a quick estimate and test it out, and then you know go up or down on calories depending on what happens to your body. But I'm getting a little technical here, but what I'm what I really mean is you have to figure out what works for you, and there's no end all be all there's no cookie cutter plan um you really need to find someone who knows what they're talking about or find a resource that is reputable and you can figure it out yourself but um yeah so that's what i did i after a lot of trial and error i figured out what what worked best for me i got my education and i started a master's degree in the same field in exercise science and that's when i started competing so at 22, I did my first bodybuilding show, and it was a bit of a disaster because I had a coach that wanted me to do all these crazy things, and I was crash dieting. I just kind of like reversed everything that I had learned. I was crash dieting. I was uh, taking things that I shouldn't have been, <laughs> and and I was 
not happy again. And I lost a lot of muscle that I worked hard to gain. And then afterwards I, I went crazy and I had cake and I had cookies and I had just, I just went crazy. So that was a little bit pointless for me because it put me in a place that I was, I had a bad relationship with food and I would um, feel bad and guilty about eating things that I liked when really all I had to do was just control the portions and not, not restrict at all. I would go days where I would be completely perfect and then the next day I would have one cookie and that would turn into a f- like a five-hour binge. Like a, I almost went on like, you know, like people go on week, weekend benders um, like with drugs, but luckily in my case it was food and not drugs, but still. <laughs> food can be just as powerful because we have such a, we're taught to, in our society, to demonize certain foods or to feel guilty for eating certain foods because we're going to get fat. But the fact of the matter is that no food is inherently bad and nothing should be cut out completely unless, of course, you're eating things like, I don't know, known carcinogens or like known, I don't know. If you're, if you're, unless you're eating rat poison, I feel like you can have it sometimes. You really don't have to restrict that much to where you're you're making a list of things that you can't have because that's a sure way of of having a, a relapse like I did uh, for dieting for dieting for too long and and then just going crazy afterwards. So yeah, I did my first bodybuilding show. I did um, another competition called Super League, and that was a performance based competition. So I didn't have to diet down at all. I I did lose a little bit of weight just because I wanted to make my make weight for for uh, to be in a certain class, but. It was all performance-based, so we were in an arena and we were doing uh, some predetermined exercises for 12 reps as heavy as possible and for about an hour, like 50 minutes or something like that. So I, I've i always, in my adult life, uh, enjoyed competing and being active and and being an athlete because that's where I felt the most fulfillment. I, I, before I was just kind of, I didn't know why I was losing weight or gaining muscle or, or trying different diets because I had no real goal or I had no reason to. And this kind of allowed me to have something to work towards. I would have motivation because I would know at the end of this, yeah, it's hard now, but at the end of it, I will have a six pack and I will feel better, not because I have the six pack, but I will feel better because I'm not carrying around 30 extra pounds of weight or I'm um, finally going to be able to, to fit into the, the suit that I spent $1,000 on. I'm going to be able to wear that to a party or wh- whatever. Whatever the case is, I always give myself a, a goal and a reason to do something because you're not going to want to do something that you feel is pointless or arbitrary or doesn't have an end goal. Um, but yeah, I did another bodybuilding show, and I most recently, uh, this year, I, did, uh, I competed in the WBFF, which is more... It's a bodybuilding show, but it's also about uh, like your stage presence and it's fashion also. So I kind of I felt like I I found something that I I really liked because I like to you know like it's cool to look good and it's cool to to like be a character on stage. So I think I've have a personality that 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 works for. So um, I again though I had I had another problem with um, with cheating and not not cheating on my diet like having a calculated cheat like a burger or something 
I had problems with just uh, like self-sabotaging. So that's something that I've had a lot of struggle with in my life is um, planning a bunch of goals and being motivated and then at the very end just saying, well, screw it and and ruining everything for myself. So that's self-sabotage where you have all the resources and you know that you're capable, but then you don't feel, either you don't feel that you uh, deserve it or that you don't feel that you're worthy of it or whatever, whatever your reason is, that's self-sabotage. And that's something that a lot of gets a lot of people, um, even in fitness, when people know that they have weight to lose, they kind of just, I don't know, they don't feel that they believe or they don't believe to, that they should feel better or look better or whatever, whatever that is. So I'm not a psychologist. I don't claim to be a professional in any field that's not mine. Um, so yeah, don't take my word for it. If you need to talk to someone, go get a professional. Um, well, you can talk to me. I just can't give you legal advice, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I also ramble a lot, so sorry about that. I'll try and cut out as much useless information as I can so I can make this 30 minutes long. But since I'm doing a, a research master's in exercise science, what I like to do is I like to read a lot of research and stay current on the different um, like techniques and nutrition, the, the newest findings, because a lot of things change. In, in science, nothing is, ever, nothing is ever set in stone, and even the top influencers and the top uh, researchers in the field, they, they change their minds because new research comes out all the time. Um, so that's something that I would suggest. I would strongly encourage everyone to read current research, and if you don't know how to read the research articles, um, there's always there are always uh, peer-reviewed articles or people who will take that information and, and break it down into digestible content. So there's always a way to, to stay current and to, to learn, which is what I hope this podcast will help you with. I hope that you'll actually learn something and be able to apply it to your life. Um, with that, I'll give you a couple action steps. So if you want to make a change today, really is the day. Waiting for the perfect time or thinking about your health as something that's not going to pay you is the wrong mindset to have. Think about your health as an investment rather than a cost, whether that's whether that cost is time or money. If you keep waiting until after a certain event or after a holiday or yeah, just like the perfect time in general, then you're never going to get started and you're going to be unhappy with the way that you look and feel and you'll just keep struggling until you crack. And don't crack. Don't don't do crack. Crack is just generally frowned upon. So with that, I'm going to say feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or any platform you use. It's at the fit, F-I-T, Adam, A-D-A-M, on all platforms. I know I'm so original. Uh, you can send me questions. Tell me how you like the podcast. And if you need extra guidance or accountability, like I mentioned before, I offer custom online coaching for busy guys like you who want to get shit done. So with that, I'm, I'm going to leave you here, and I hope you have a productive day, and thanks for listening to The Fittest Guy in the Office.